Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We drink tequila, we talk. Welcome to Team Tequila Talks. Talk, talk, talk. Have you ever seen a word where the T is silent? <laughs> yes. I speak a little German. Wait, so what were you trying She's to English. English. Salzburg. Now that we have that situated. Yeah. Phew. Okay. Everybody, welcome to Team Tequila Talks. Your host, Cassandra Jean Mel and Sharon Gonzalez. And today, we have not only one doctor, but two We doctors. are freaking fancy. We have Dr. <laughs> Natasia Stolberg and Dr. Jenna Lagana. Two doctors. Two doctors. Wow. And we're going to actually, we're mixing it up a little bit, because we're going to cheers. We're going to start off with a shot, but this actually does not have tequila in it. This no. is a wellness shot. A Chinese medicine, medicine. wellness shot. Yes. Yes. Cheers. 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 What's, in this? What's in this? This is um, ginger based with lemon, a little bit of apple, pineapple, and topped off with cayenne pepper oh to open up the, is it an Orpheus? Yeah. Yeah. Orphises. Orphises. Orphis, not an Orpheus. <laughs> that's hot. Wow, that's spicy. Yeah. <laughs> that is spicy. Well, we're we're retoxing detox to retox, right? Detox to retox. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, wow. we haven't really toxed yet. I guess we're, we're kind of that's powering delicious. up to tox. Seriously. Well, we've talked about the benefits of ginger quite a bit on this show. Quite a bit. But I feel like this is a ginger-heavy episode. So with our Chinese medicine expert, let's recap and review. Yes. Yes. So I've been obsessed with ginger lately, juicing every single day, drinking it with the cold weather because it just internally warms the body. Really good for digestion, which we all need. But also it's great for phlegm, like cutting that thick phlegm from having like a cold or a cough which everybody is sick right now it feels so something yeah yeah you can have it in hot water or if you're going to have something you know cold with ice the ginger also helps just stabilize the internal temperature so we're having our icy drinks with a little bit of ginger my chest is on fire (laughs) (laughs) my tongue is tingling i love it well i I think i'm allergic (laughs) so i i know natasha you talk about like being cold and hot so this would be considered hot for chinese or like warm what is the the term warming Yeah, so every food has an energetic property. So even if something is physically warm or cold, it could still have an opposite energetic property. It's what it does inside of your body. So ginger is warming, onions, black pepper. Like you can kind of imagine the things that are warming. Cooling is like watermelon. Mint. Cucumber, mint, yeah. Um, Raw veggies and salads. So it's nice to balance those two out. I always tell my patients that love salads. Put ginger on them it will lead to less bloating oh well i think that this concept is interesting in general because you also hear about when you are having issues with acidity in your stomach you actually have to introduce things that are acidic like apple cider vinegar or lemon water if yeah. you're having an upset stomach and it's so counterintuitive because you think if i'm having acid reflux i don't want to put acid in my stomach, but it ends up having the opposite properties when it digests and mixed with your digestive fluids and stuff like that. Totally. Yeah. Right. And it just depends on also why you're getting acid reflux, but I totally agree with that. And it, things like apple cider vinegar, lemon, ginger, they just help settle the stomach, which a lot of times when you have acid reflux, it's just like something is unbalanced and trying to come up. It's called rebellious chi Rebelli- in Chinese medicine. Rebellious chi. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Damn. I think my daughter is called rebellious chi. <laughs> a ninja name. That's a ninja name. Wait, why does Dr. Natasia Stoltz 
Stolberg. Stolberg. Oh my gosh. Damn. You like really emphasize She does this with words. She I do. I have a problem with words. But how does she know this? Because she is a doctor of acupuncture. Yes. And Chinese medicine in, in general. Yeah. I also think that something that's big in Chinese medicine, a lot of times I know that when your hands or your feet are cold all the time, we always see, you know, those girls that are like, I'm freezing. And you're like, it's 76 degrees in here. What are you talking about? And you, yeah. But a lot of that <laughs> has to cold. do with like hormone and thyroid function. Yeah. And that works into Chinese medicine as well, because if you take certain Chinese supplements or if you regularly go to acupuncture if you have a hormonal imbalance this is like things that come down to Hashimoto's and all of these thyroid malfunctioning or I guess just not optimally functioning and you can introduce certain warming foods that are going to heat up your system from the inside and improve circulation and make it so you don't have to wear socks in the summer yeah I mean I'm always I'm pretty hot I mean Dr. Stoll oh my god has treated me <laughs> and Dr. Lagana Dr. Natasia and Dr. Jenna. They both treated me and I will say I'm very hot, but I do have poor circulation in my extremities and my hands. When I was pregnant, they were like she touched my feet and I was burnt I was like hot. But she was like, Oh my god, your hands and feet are ice cold. Always. Yeah, this is really common. So there's a lot of women that have that. I'm not really sure actually why it's so much more common in women than men. I have a theory. Okay, Go I want to hear it. But sometimes you have enough heat, internal heat, but it's just in your trunk. And the issue is circulating it to your limbs. So there are treatments in Chinese medicine and herbs actually help do that. But when you have too much heat here, it's just like stagnated. It's not moving enough. And that can lead to lots of other things like rebellious chi, constipation, things that women are dealing with all the time. They have enough heat, just not moving where it needs to be. Interesting. And your body heats up from the core first and out, right? Mm-hmm. Like the extremities are the last things to get like the Yeah, they're not good vital. Blood. So that's why with Raynaud's phenomenon or syndrome, it's not about putting heat packs on your hands and feet. It's about warming your core, yeah. both actually physically with things like heat pads or extra layers, as well as warming Things like soup, warming foods and drinks like soup and ginger, etc. Exactly. My theory with why women have this problem more than men comes back to the hormones. Because a lot of this cold feet hands mean that th- there's something in your endocrine system that is di- that is disruptive. And we put thousands of chemicals we interact with thousands of chemicals in our lives every single day, whether that is like your scented Yankee candle, your shampoo, the moisturizer you're putting in your face, your makeup, your deodorant, your room sprays, your window cleaner, all of these things that are in your house, just like your laundry detergent that you're wearing with your clothes right now. And you have that many endocrine disruptors. Females are so much more sensitive to that than men. They say that if you take a snapshot of a men's hormone panel, it's going to look exactly this. Like, you could not tell what day of the month it was. If you looked at a women's snapshot of a hormone panel, you'd say, okay, progesterone is here, estrogen is here, testosterone is here. You are at day 16 in your cycle. And you you can actually pinpoint more or less at least a window where women are. So we're just, because our hormones are fluctuating all the time, you are so much more, we are so much more sensitive to things that are going to affect your hormones. And then you start messing with the 
estrogen and progesterone, and then it gets into your thyroid, and then it's like your whole endocrine system, and now you're not just talking about your female hormones, but your hormones that are telling you when it's time to sleep, when it's time to wake up, your cortisol, Mm -hmm. your uh, ghrelin, you know, what, when am I, when should I be eating, when am I full, all of that stuff, Mm -hmm. like, all of that has to do, what, it's like a domino effect. One hormone gets messed up and the rest of them go haywire. And you can spend a lifetime. I mean, I'm on like that journey with my hormones and progesterone and all the things. It's like, it's very complicated. And what works for someone doesn't necessarily work for you. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, this, this, I did this, this. And you try it. And I'm very into herbal. I don't really go to like, I'm not going to get like hormone shots and all that stuff. What works for one person won't for the other because even though you may be the same age, you have like different blood types or different fat to protein uh, muscle ratio different diets different diets and i do think women are just circuit boards and it's like very techie like i like medicine is going the way of like bio is it biocellular what are they doing um biohacking biohacking yeah where it's like at the cellular you're not into biohacking because you're chinese medicine you're like what is there to hack see i kind of like i i I lean both ways i think that there's a lot of (laughs) old world herbs like my tea cabinet is bananas right Anytime Ooh, the I have, have some tea. Anything. What's your tea? Your, your what's your tea? We got the tea. Yeah, the oh, rest and digest some. tea. It's the di- 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 rest and digest. Yeah. Rest and digest. Yep. That's like for your tummy. Yeah, it's to help with bloating and to actually help metabolize and break down the food that you're eating. So Jay and I, you know, we have our like nights of eating naughty things like burgers. Rise, Are burgers whatever. naughty? I mean, you know, we, we go to In-N-Out. And then okay. we drink the tea and we wake up the next morning like it never happened. Well, happens. if you're eating In-N-Out, okay, I can see Fast that. food. Yeah. Yeah. You get some in and out gets delivered every day. I they're know. meat. <laughs> it's true. It's never frozen. It's never frozen. And their potatoes are fresh cut. 100%. If you're going to lean towards it, it's basically like food. cooking at home. 100%. I'm going to have to disagree. Well, if you don't get the yellow neon cheese, you're in good shape. Yeah. That's the American way, though. It's like the animal-style sauce that's orange. Well, because they use Thousand Island sauce. I mean, yeah. Secret sauce. Ketchup ketchup and mayo mixed together is pink. Yeah. yeah. It's that color. Yeah. Yeah, That's for me. I don't know. Wait, so Dr. Jenna. Yeah. Dr. Jenna Lagana. Yes. Is our resident... not the backcracker. That's like not. So like I was <laughs> writing words notes. You're looking for chiropractic. I know because I was I wrote notes down and I was like you know you like dictate and I'm like and I was like what's the word for this? Oh, it's a backcracker. Now it's stuck in my head. She is a chiropractor doctor <laughs> who yes. cracks who cracks whatever you need to be cracked. Right? It's like yeah. But you shouldn't self crack. Well, I I mean I Wait. also think that you should elaborate on. It's not. Just the classic. Oh, I'm gonna no, crack your back. Right. I want also like no. She's gonna elaborate. Muscle. Right. Yeah, okay. right. Right. She's gonna talk talk to us about chiropractory because now backcrackers in everybody else's head. Chiropractory. Yeah. Yes. Chiropractic. That's a, the the word. Chiropractic. Sherry makes up words. Yeah. <laughs> chiropractory. <laughs> I like it though. It's like me too. Harry Potter. Yeah. It makes me seem special. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do chiropractic. I do crack backs. That's part of it. Do a lot of rehab, a lot of exercise with patients, get them back into activities. So there are some people like you who arguably over-exercise, which is great. (laughs) So you you utilize treatment for a different reason, so that's recovery. And then there's people trying to get, you know, back to a type of schedule that you have, and they require a different type of care. Now, do you think... 
the because we're Americans, and do you think the American diet plays a big role? Because I was watching this documentary the other night, like on Wednesday, and you knew was going to have you guys on, and it was about like Chinese medicine. It was like a Neff or Amazon, and it was about Chinese medicine, how it was utilized in the Western diet, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. how it's like the chart is like pharmaceutical companies, like 75% of the chart. Then there's like people who just are in pain their whole lives, never know why, don't ever investigate. They just like drink beer or vodka to cure the pain. And then there's people, like small percentage, like 8%, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, of people who actually use the services of like Chinese medicine, chiropractic ser- services. Mm-hmm. I don't. No, a figure off the top of my it's head. It's very, very small. It's tiny compared mm-hmm. to the population. I think in Western. school we learned it was like 5% of the population has just even tried acupuncture. Oh, Not even it. like regularly uses it, but just tried. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember classmates thinking like, oh, that's so sad. Although for me, that's just like, what a great opportunity. Like how many more people are going to be helped by using it? Um, as it expands and becomes, you know, more more popular here. Big market out there, exactly. huh? <laughs> well, I feel like California is a good market for, um, I mean, I've traveled quite a bit, and not every place in the center of the U.S. is, like, where you can, like, find someone. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Or and maybe there's one per town, and, like, you have to hopefully connect with them, and if not, right. you never get acupuncture. But I think it's linked again. to the diet. I do think... Like, if you go more to the center of the country, sometimes the diet is just... So, the healthier you are in this document, they're saying the health, the coastal cities mm-hmm. and bigger cities like Houston and Austin, yeah. where you have more of a population where people are more active just in general, tend to utilize the services of chiropractic and also acupuncture. Yeah, right. And, I mean, there's also a population difference if you're in a city compared to even... I don't know, in California, like Central California, or on the way up to like... Bakersfield. Yeah, (laughs) Bakersfield. Fresno. Fresno. Yeah. Um, I feel like during COVID, I don't know the statistic of this either, but people started seeking out preventative medicine or trying to avoid hospitals or avoiding their primary care. And so our fields, I mean... There wasn't a day that we weren't busy, it felt like. Well, you guys were coming to my house in yeah. COVID. <laughs> exactly, yeah, doing yeah. house calls. Um, well, and you when you were doing house calls, a lot of times you would pair up and go together. Right. So a lot of people, I don't think, are aware of how these two practices of acupuncture and chiropractor work together, and there's a synergistic effect. It's way more beneficial than just getting one acupuncture or one chiropractic or rehabilitative treatment. You put them together and your body kind of kicks into ultimate healing mode. Yeah. You just float away. Float away. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Their eyes get glossy. I love it. I don't see them anymore. I love it. Well, I remember when I first started going to a chiropractor. It's because I was working in a job where I kind of had to be in the same position for a long time, and I started getting neck pain. Not because I was using my neck, but just because I kind of was getting locked up from from the hips up. And I noticed that even if things were out of alignment and things weren't where they were supposed to be, I would get kind of lethargic and kind of like puffy and just not optimal like I just I just didn't feel like I was healthy right mm-hmm. and then I would go and I would get cracked and I'd leave that office and be like oh I thought I was sick but I wasn't I was just kind of just out of whack yeah mm-hmm. and I think like I, I I just remember thinking like wow why is this and the chiropractor had explained to me if something is off in your body your body can only give so much attention 
to each little thing, which is why you know they say like, oh, if you're you know if you break your wrist, just that was a like old joke with men. Like if you break your wrist, like uh, punch you in the face and start oh, yeah, thinking yeah. about that instead. Yeah. Like basically, your body can only give attention to one thing at a time, yeah. right? And like like it, it, it spread too thin. Not just yes. the immune system, but the response system, I guess, is spread too thin. Do you, do you find that? I mean, I'm just thinking about that joke. So. <laughs> Who wants to get punched in the face? I was actually going to say kicked in the nuts, and I was like, eh. New, new treatment techniques. I know. Well, it's true because some women who are pregnant and they have, like, MS, they have no – MS goes away through their mm-hmm. whole pregnancy because right. the body's so focused mm-hmm. on that. And also people with Crohn's when they're pregnant – no symptoms. They can eat whatever. It's just so interesting how the body goes in overdrive when it's something important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Do you think it's best optimal to do both chiropractic and acupuncture together? Or I have friends who only do one or the other. They're like, oh, no, I don't need that. I do chiropractic. I think I'll start by saying that some people just connect with one versus the other, like yeah. inherently. Some people want more of like a relaxing, not that chiropractic isn't relaxing, but they just want like more of a... It's not always de- relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a decompressive <laughs> treatment. They want to lay, get acupuncture. That feels really good and their body responds well mm-hmm. to it. Other people feel antsy and like they can't even relax, right? Or they're afraid of needles. Or they're afraid of needles. So many things. So I think there is something for everyone, but we do treat a lot of patients together yeah. um, for various reasons. If it's, you know, to like maximize helping someone with pain with acupuncture and chiropractic or for different things. They see Jenna for pain, but they also have a really hard time sleeping or have, you know, chronic bloating. So then they'll see me. So I think we can work together in, in so many ways like that. Yeah. What would you say is the majority of things? I know stress is always a big one for um, acupuncture yeah. because, every, I mean, who doesn't have stress? stress? But what would you think is the biggest things? I know the neck for you is probably a big thing. We all drive our cars in L.A. So, like, what would you think? Texting. Like, texting. <laughs> um, what do you think is the biggest things that people, that you see that's, so, that's kind of chronic in everyone? Like, the majority of your population. I think in my population, right now I'm seeing almost all shoulder pain so but I'm also working with a very athletic population right now so very active people not a ton of desk workers well um, you were working for team USA right yeah yeah and I'm working with team USA fencing they're a completely different species. They're, they're, <laughs> this, this is fencing. They're also oh, it's shoulder I okay well that. not that okay they don't have uh, <laughs> oh no okay so my practice here okay. mainly shoulder pain outside of team USA outside yeah, of team, outside of team okay. USA my team, Los Angeles, here. Um, That's the soccer team. No, fencing. No. Fencing. That's okay. the okay, I was Okay, I was with the soccer team. Okay. That's a, a semi-pro league that was just during the summer. Oh, okay. Okay, so this is like private She's practice. <laughs> okay. She is booked so and busy. busy girl. Booked Outside and- of Team USA, yeah. you're yes. talking about just sort of the your average. private clients. Yes. Okay. okay, so my normal patients here, a lot of shoulder pain, a lot of headache, TMJ right now. Um, oh yeah, I get that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Not a ton. Like I'll get the occasional low back pain patient, but I feel like because my population is so active, they don't have that normal like chronic yes low due back. to a- inactivity. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, they're they're having like active injuries and then headaches and TMJ. That's a different story than the shoulders. Well, with the like with a lot of the low back pain and stuff, that is a lot of posture. And when you're, I would imagine when you're dealing with an athletic clientele, their core is going to be more engaged and 
core being in the front and the back, like the torso muscles in general. Mm -hmm. So when your core is more engaged, you're less likely to just kind of slump and put pressure on your discs and stuff in a funky way. It's it's usually in the athletic population that I see with lower back pain, it's they did one movement and they felt like kind of like an oh shit moment. Like they pulled it, like they went to reach. Like a deadlift. Like a heavy, yeah, like they're doing a heavy lift Um. and they knew right when they came out of it, like, uh uh-oh, like I'm done for the day. (laughs) Do Do you find that's more in men? Because I feel like men get aggressively, they they go heavier and heavier. They feel like I need to like max out and then they go too heavy. They're like, oops. (laughs) I would say my lower back patients are primarily men. That's not to say that women don't do that as well. But yes, yes, more common in men. Interesting. (laughs) Uh Because I feel like women just use their core more in general. I think when I go to work out, I definitely, before I do anything, I make sure my core is like pulled in and up. Well, it's the type of workouts we do. Yoga, Pilates, right. like, and we all want to have abs. So, like, yeah. we make sure we focus on that. But, like, some guys that come to see me for low back pain, that's my first question. Do you do anything for your core? And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, well, that's probably why. Like, I'm going to send you to go see Jenna. Just want to get jacked. Fix that up. Yeah. yeah. Wait, so acupuncture can also work. And this is the thing about which I found fascinating, this little mini 45-minute documentary I watch, where it's, like, people think acupuncture is more for zen. They think the candles are going be. to be lit. Well, but they, they don't understand that it actually can be can be very beneficial for like yeah. yeah for the active athlete or it can be stimulating. Yeah, yeah where they feel like you really because it's like the wind and what is it what is it called the wind you're very what do you the, do the yeah chi? you can no, we <laughs> yeah we diagnose different patterns and a lot of them are based off the seasons or elements so you can have internal wind internal dampness heat cold. Is that kind of borrowing, not borrowing, I guess, sharing with Ayurvedic medicine? Similar, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we have some overlap, um, although I feel that, I probably get in trouble for saying this, but I feel like Chinese medicine is a more complete system of medicine. Well, it's older than Ayurvedic, I believe. It is, yeah, yeah, I believe so. Um, And it just focuses on more things. I think Ayurvedic is amazing for digestion, like very specific things, um, and we do share some herbs and principles like don't eat cold foods no icy water please explain please tell the people about your cold cold food thing i i I tell natasia hey i wake up i had a green smoothie she's like put cold food in your stomach first thing in the morning and not something warm yeah it's such a big mistake so think of your stomach (laughs) as a pot and the pot is over a flame you eat food and it gets cooked just like you cook food on a stove um if you put in ice cold water on a pot it's going to take number one a lot longer to cook but also because we only have a finite amount of energy or chi in our body on any given day which is different for everyone you're using up so much energy just to warm water has no nutritional value like we need water but it has no payback to our body so drinking cold water i think is the biggest waste of energy oh i love this because i hate cold water i I never even when i go to a restaurant they put the ice i'm like i'm really sorry to do this to you but i'm gonna need one of those room temp (laughs) yeah yeah but smoothies the same thing so if you're gonna have one okay like some people just cannot give up their smoothies have it be less cold so don't add ice or if you put fruit in it have it be fresh fruit from either like the counter or the fridge versus frozen like there's ways to make it warmer or add things like ginger cinnamon yeah things that are warming Mm. um but i also think just if you're gonna have a smoothie maybe later in the day because you have to wake your digestion up and if the first thing you do is put cold in everything else throughout the day is just gonna like sit there it's not gonna digest as well your flame has turned off and i think for me, I switched 
within the last year of having protein first thing in the morning, a really nice clean protein. And I found that A, I had more energy when I was doing my, what works for you in your 20s does not work for you in your 30s, yeah. or for you in your what? 30s, doesn't work for you in your 40s. No, <laughs> you gotta keep going. <laughs> no, honey, I'm on the other side where I was like, I used to have a green smoothie in the morning and I was like, fine till noon. No, I need protein, whole protein. I need like a berry also with mm-hmm. my protein and do like a low carb bread with it, like a carbonate or whatever. But it's like that will satiate me and carry me on through the evening where then I'm not like starving and running towards like anything I can grab, like a protein bar. I'm more settled and I find that my pro- my body, my muscular structure has gotten tighter where it was getting kind of baggy and loose, if that mm. makes sense. I mean, I uh, always think that you look super fit. Yeah. <laughs> You're I don't know about that. Yeah. That's one of those things that you only, like, you notice about yourself, it but was, no one yeah, else does. I know, I know. I'm not saying I was baggy and loose in that sense, but I meant, like, you know, I wasn't 20 years old anymore. <laughs> that happens. That's it called happens. aging. It's really weird. Like, ah, I'm not 20. <laughs> so you hate the raw food diet then? It's a no for you. No, it just personally didn't doesn't work for me. I actually did it once at a retreat, and I felt the worst that I've ever felt. So bloated, I feel like I gained weight, and just I didn't feel good. But other people felt amazing, which is to say, like one diet for one person is not Mm -hmm. the same for the Mm -hmm. other. But they travel in packs because it's like one friend does it, and they're like never felt better in my whole life, and then everyone does it, and then everyone's confused why they don't feel that good, and they just keep doing it. I have people that come in, they're like... Maybe it's in the mail. Maybe it's coming. Yeah. They say, they're like, oh, I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, I'm taking this. And I'm like, well, how do you feel? And they're like, horrible. I'm like, okay, well, obviously that's not working, so yeah. let's try something else. But people are really... They really want to commit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so how do you feel about the intermittent fasting craze? Do you have comments on this? I don't talk to my patients about diet. Okay. Because it's not... It doesn't excite me yeah. anyway. <laughs> But I love you for that. <laughs> but I tell them if they're, I mean, I've had a couple times where patients didn't eat before treatment, and you guys have all experienced my treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't, uh, you, you should. can find me on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At Jenna, what's your, what's your handle? Uh, Dr. Jenna Lagana. Damn, Don't I forgot the, the doctor. doctor. Yeah. Drop the doctor. Yeah, get some respect. We'll tag you guys. We'll, we'll tag everyone, and we'll, we'll have it all on every internet. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes I just tell my patients, you need to eat before you come here because I'll lift with them too like we'll work into a a deadlift we'll work into a back squat and they're shaky or not feeling well it's like you gotta eat eat something you have to a a protein bar drink a cold smoothie before you get here (laughs) (laughs) she's gonna stab you on the needle and then when your stomach hurts go see Uh, (laughs) Natasha look that's that detox to retox thing (laughs) sometimes like I just read this little medical journal where they were talking about women and the whole intermittent fasting thing where it's just not healthy for it's not women. good for your hormones. So this is okay, all. but here's the here's what I've actually read. I kind of went on a deep dive on this mm-hmm. because I sit around and I wind down and up for the day with like nutrition journals. This Love is uh, I'm a bit of a geek, but that's okay. It's a good kind of geek. So what I read is like it still can be here's the overall takeaway. I'm not gonna bog you guys down in hundreds of pages of medical jargon. The point is, is that all of these studies about intermittent fasting and 16, 8, and two days off, one day on, all of these studies were based on men. Yes. 
And so now they're just now starting to get to these studies on women. And what they're finding is that the autophagy of it, of it all can actually be quite beneficial. And that's when your cells or your body at a cellular level clean up shop. Mm-hmm. They go in and it's a spring cleaning. They get rid of the bad stuff and you basically pee it out or sweat it out. And then your body regenerates more of the good stuff because that is how you age. That's how you grow. That's how you produce collagen. That's how you get sick is, you know, even a bad cell rep cells replicate Mm -hmm. so the more good you have the more good you're going to get the more bad you have the more bad you're going to get and what they found with women the problem that they were running into is when women were having really great effects initially from intermittent fasting but then they overdid it we as women tend to overdo it a i'm never gonna eat again (laughs) well because they feel so good they're like i you you know you you like you fast for 14 hours say and you do that for a week or two and you're like oh my gosh i have so much energy i have so much mental clarity i've dropped four pounds like this is amazing more 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 hit me with more and then once you tip over and teeter into that like now you're fasting like 17 18 hours every day and you're just putting black coffee in your stomach all of a sudden your cortisol spikes through the roof roof. and now you're breaking out now you're tired and now you're putting on belly fat you don't know why so all of this stuff is happening because you're working against your hormones the other thing is is our hormones fluctuate so while a fast might serve you very well in your estrogenic phase meaning when you're on your period And right after your period, that's the time that you should be getting in those extra workouts. You should be lifting heavier. That's the time that maybe you want to do that 16-8 fast. But when you are in your post-ovulation, when you are in your progesterone phase, that's the time to chill out with some yoga and some acupuncture and some chiro and, and, and like treat yourself. And also, that is not the time to be fasting. So two problems with women in fasting are, A... You are doing it every day and stressing your body out. And because also your body adapts. If your body knows that every day you are not eating until 2 p.m., they're like, all right. Sign me up. Guess what? Yeah. Well, and, 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 and like the, the, it, your body adapts to that and it's no longer effective. Well, when I started first eating protein before 9, my, my gynos, gyne, gynecologist said, <laughs> hey, before 9, you wake up at 7, you should have something in your stomach. So you drop your kid off at school, come back, have something. I felt nauseous. And I would make a sausage, a breakfast sausage. I was like, but this also brings me to point B is where are you in your cycle? And this is especially true for perimenopause. I know, but I don't especially true. It's not see. So we've read competing journals because I've heard that if you don't, you have to go off how you feel at certain times of the month. Because if you get married to a chart, I agree. Our lives aren't charted. I agree. So when I have a friend who's like in their luteal phase and she's like, oh no, I only do. I'm like, girl, I could like do that can run a mile. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know if I subscribe, because then you get married to that chart, and you're like, I'm supposed to be relaxing, but I do have energy, but I'm just going to relax because the chart said that I should. But this is not just about the chart. I guess the overall point that I'm getting to is intermittent fasting for women can be beneficial, but you also have to listen to your body, because in the same way that Natasha is saying... One diet worked for you might not work for the next person, might not work for the next person. You might feel differently on your cycle. Mm -hmm. So might someone that's in their 20s versus perimenopausal. So what they're saying is take the occasional intermittent fast, Mm -hmm. maybe do it once or twice a week, or maybe only do it when you're feeling really awesome at a certain point in your cycle, but not when you're feeling really tired and you just want the chocolate. Listen to your body for sure. Point is, is do not do it every day. I don't. Yeah. And I think I read this study, so I have to send this to you. 
just sick because you'll get a kick out of this. More studies than we are. Oh no, we we deep dive. I read studies just on. Well, some people read <laughs> romance novels. I know. With Fabio on the cover. I can't read Fabio. Is but Fabio I can read, still on the cover? You know, Fabio's still hot. He's I saw him at Ralph's. I saw him at Ralph's the other day. He's so cute. He's a kissy somebody. He's cute. But I was um, basically in this journal that basically said the reason why people see such great result, results with intermittent fasting is because they actually cut out all the midnight, 10 o'clock, post 10 o'clock snacking. And a lot of That's women true, in too. general, when they say, timing's important. Let's say I'm done eating at eight. Yeah. Normally, if you put on a show and your kids are sleeping or whatever, your dogs are in their little huts, you're like eight o'clock. Oh, popcorn, dark chocolate time. Well, and you keep nipping at the bit. That's another thing that I was going to get to is with this whole as a female hormones, cortisol, et cetera. One school of thought is eat within an hour or two of waking up. Do not put black coffee on an empty stomach. And then if you want to intermittent fast, because yes, it can be very beneficial even to females, just make sure that you're having an early dinner and then just give your digestive system a break for 12 or 13 hours. So eat at 6 o'clock, go, sign yourself up for those early bird dinners, not at Denny's, <laughs> but, you know, wherever. Go to an I early hop. dinner. In-N-Out. Look at the line gets bad at 7. For years. <laughs> in this room loves if, In-N-Out. If In-N-Out had um, a uh, breakfast, they will never oh. do this, No, the they I, no. You never know. Dude, they barely added hot chocolate to the menu. Legit. That was the only change. And you have to, that was like in the last like 25 years yeah. But they just opened. They said they were a purely West Coast company. And oh, there's Tennessee. They just opened up in Nashville, or they're about to open it. Yeah. That was like these Angelinos are moving to Nashville. That's it's because the why. Los Angeles people who are there were like, where's my damn? Yeah. So I think if you want, I, listen, I actually do think that intermittent fasting, when done correctly, can be very beneficial. And that's another, like, we could do a whole episode on that, yeah. which probably we, we, we probably will uh, for another time. I want to know, and you don't I have, have to. one comment on yes, this that please. I think is very important. Go for it. I think the intention behind why you're doing it, I'd say the majority of my patients that intermittent fast, they describe something like Sherry where they say, oh, I just, I don't have an appetite in the morning. Or they're busy, they wake up, they're with their kids, they run to work, and it's like, it's become acceptable now to not have breakfast because of intermittent fasting. Like, I don't think they ever actually went into it with the intention of intermittent fasting. They're like, oh, actually, I'm doing something healthy, but they're actually just skipping breakfast. So That's just not the same thing. So make sure that you're doing it with the intention 100%. of wellness and that, you're, you know, you're putting, you're drinking mineral water and getting electrolytes in your water and not just getting through your day with a bunch of black coffee. Yeah, and you break an the fast stomach. with enough calories because like you should get the same amount in a day yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you're and not just skipping just a meal Correct. well i look yeah. at my husband the moment his feet hit the floor hungry yeah i wake up starving <laughs> it could be five a 6 a.m flight we get to lax and he's like it's like 5 15 planes boarding in 20 he's like mm. gonna go get the ribs it, exactly <laughs> he's like he's like hey do you think I, i'm like well they're gonna serve breakfast on planes like no, no no i need to eat now i'm about to die yeah and so i try to eat with him i'm like you know what i'm not hungry but I should, and I've actually, over this last year when I've changed my eating patterns, I felt way less brain fog. And honestly, I'm in the peri phase of life, but less brain fog. I sleep way better if I'm drinking or not. really high, probably. My, mine? Were. 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 Yeah. Oh, no, they were through the roof. Well, we, the roof. we're going to do uh, actually a whole episode on this coming up. Yeah. Probably in a few weeks. But what I want to know, you don't have, obviously, we understand that you have... Doctor, patient, confidentiality, and privileges. Of course. But, like, 
I read this book one time where it was an expose of an ex-doctor. So he was a doctor in England, and he's like... Oh, the eating disorder. No, it wasn't eating disorder. It was just like um, tales of the ER, right? Yeah, like tales yeah, yeah. Of, of like working in a hospital. I no, I read it. Yeah. Oh, what's... Oh, it like, he's crazy. an OBGYN, I think. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And he's like, here's all the weird shit that happened no, to me. No, that was the funniest book He's I've now ever like read. a comedian, because he goes, this is bullshit. I get paid nothing. Yeah. Um, working for the, the it's government. NHS. As a, it's NHS. Yeah, you don't yep. get paid, really. Oh, no, national, you don't. NHS is the national health care system that the United States does not have, but they have it in Europe, also the UK, and Most also Canada. UK, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, I read this and I was just like, you know, listening to all of the, or not listening, I guess reading, looking at all of these stories and he's like, yeah, I mean, I definitely remember when I was in the ER and I have had not pulled not one, but two TV remotes out of people's asses because they got excited about like <laughs> inserting household <laughs> objects they, they were just you know looking for a good time and they just got stuck and he's like listen his bottom line was if you want to stick something up your butt good on you but make sure that it's got a plug make sure that it's got something that stops it because basically when you go oh, where are we going with this it, it <laughs> sucks up the object where we're going with this is oh, do I have somebody story? has to have come to you guys and yes. been like what is like it doesn't even have to be funny or like oddly sexual but like what is the oddest thing that someone has come to you like 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 has someone come to you and be like hey I need acupuncture because my fourth toe uh, gets really cold like every other yeah. week I don't know yeah. I, I you guys see I feel like as a doctor you see it all we do there's never yeah. a dull day and we come home we're like yes, share stories <laughs> you don't have to say specifically ballparky in the under the umbrella what can you share with uh, us what about sex I feel like sexual I was gonna things. say I have <laughs> yeah like libido yes, yes, libido yes. libido well okay so I had a new patient and I was reading his intake because he had shoulder pain oh shoulder pain that's still a thing um <laughs> and he the he said the how he got hurt was lifting somebody up and I also follow him on Instagram. Like, we were kind like of dirty friends. Dancing. <laughs> and so they, this guy was doing, like, acro yoga. Acro yoga. Yeah. 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 Love yeah. acro. But, yeah. but also, like, actually lifting people up over his head. I saw that on his Instagram. And so when I saw him in person, I was like, hey, yeah, so, like, what move were you doing? Like, what was happening? And he was like, oh, well, I was having sex when it happened. And I was like, okay, cool. What move were you doing? <laughs> Sexual injuries. <laughs> but, the, but yeah, dead in the eye. I was like, oh, like what, what acro yoga thing were you doing? And he was like, uh, no. Maybe just like a, I mean, you can't hurt someone lifting. I'm trying to picture it. <laughs> he said they were laying, and then he was going to stand up and lifting her. No, oh, that tracks. Okay. Yeah. I feel okay. like that's actually kind of I thought he was doing this, so I was going to ask you, <laughs> was he doing like the missionary to doggy flip? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Okay. I don't know if she got that many details, Sherry. Yeah. No. Because that's a hard move. You gotta, the girl has to do the work there. Yeah. No, I think he was doing all the work. So uh, when I was pregnant, um, my daughter. And my husband flipped me from missionary. I was doggy. actually, I was actually transitioning as a segue to acupuncture. My daughter was breech and she mm. was flipping. Uh, okay. Keeping it like, listen, I'm keeping it PG over here. All right. Um, I don't always, but I am no. in this particular instance. Fine. So my, so when I was pregnant at 32 weeks, I thought that I was going into labor and I was like, 
this is so uncomfortable. Something's happening. Something's, you know. And I go back into the doctor and he's like, oh, yeah, no, well, she's breached. I go, no, 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 no. I was just here last week for my checkup and not. And he goes, well, she, she flipped. Is. So I thought at first I, I wanted to avoid a C-section, which retrospectively, pff, I loved my C-section. And I will talk about it to anybody that asks. It was amazing. I did not have a C-section. Oh, my C-section was amazing. <laughs> so uh, hit me up on Instagram if you want details. I got gotcha. <laughs> No need to be afraid of it. But at the time, everybody was so negative about C-sections. So I went, oh, man, well, I don't want to have a C-section because everyone says a C-section is shit, right? So he recommended, he goes, you know, you can sit in a warm bath, but only up to, you know, halfway through your body because you can't be in hot water. And then you can put ice on your stomach. Uh, so she flips upside down. Mm-hmm. You can do, you know, flips in the pool. You can do, he was just naming off the stuff. Stand on your head. Or you can go to acupuncture. Yep. Right? And so my first time with acupuncture was trying to go to get my, now knowing her, it makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> and you're trying to get her to flip upside down. She's, Ultimately, it didn't work. And if you've met, if you've met her, you know why. Yep. Uh, but, but that, I think, was a very specific request for very acupuncture. And I get you, that a lot. Yeah, you must have really specific requests. For breech babies. Breech baby, yeah. So there is a specific point on the pinky toe, actually, mm-hmm. that flips the baby. Um, some people needle it, but most traditionally it's moxed, which you is an herb, I a know. Chinese herb. You My husband yeah. still has all that moxa you gave him. Yeah. Yep. Um, you can use it for a ton of things, but it's used to flip a breech baby. And the idea is that, you know, in some way they sense the heat through the channel and are trying to move down towards it. Um, I've successfully done it once, but I've treated probably a handful of people that it hasn't worked, which is it's like yeah. so many different reasons why there's not enough room. The baby's too big, yeah. whatever. Sometimes yeah. they'll flip and then they'll flip back. They've got rebellious cheese. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's worth a try because if you don't get a C-section, having like a manual flip is extraordinarily painful. painful. Yeah. Um, Did they try that? I, uh, I declined. So they, that's the thing. Yeah, is but they do do They do do it. I know some doulas who... They will. They basically manually flip. And what I was told was that even if they successfully like manually flip, <laughs> I got it. They could still flip back uh, by totally, delivery. Yeah. And not um, my daughter was not only breech, but she was like in a really funky breech position. And he's like, "You are definitively high risk. She should not come out like this." Mm-hmm. Like I would highly recommend because if she comes out like this, there's like a five percent chance of. Um, brain damage or birth defect and of that like a certain percentage is permanent and I was like oh well in that case sign me up for the fucking c-section totally and then I had it and it was awesome but I did I I, like I did try the Chinese herbs my husband had to burn them on my toes because I couldn't reach them because I was 36 37 weeks pregnant where are your feet where is your vagina I know (laughs) I know that's I mean what does it look like now that I told my husband I said hey I haven't waxed in a few months can you just let me know he was like hey uh, yeah, it needs some help. What is, do you have any funky things that anyone has come to you for? Um, I mean, sometimes there's such minor things, but Chinese medicine can help them. I've had someone come for a twitching eye. Yeah. Ooh. That yeah. hadn't stopped in months, which if you've had that, it's annoying. My husband has that right now. Yeah. He was like, I need, he has it right Stress, now. Stress. Six, six months. months of things. Four or five months. Yeah. 
So we and then we got to see Rick. On top of yes. that, before we wrap it up, yeah. What is something that is easily treatable or even an at-home fix that you wish that you could share with the world? Like something that most people would go, "Oh, I didn't know that I could do this to fix that." I think the most important thing would be regulating a period and helping with cramps. Yeah, a regular cycle. Of course, fertility. But I think so many women go through life thinking, oh, my really irregular period or my really heavy period is normal. And it's not. Like, I mean, everyone is a little bit different. But I think acupuncture and herbs are extremely powerful at treating that. And, you know people just grow up generationally like their mom had a heavy period so they think it's normal and they're gonna tell their child it's normal but it can be treated and usually pretty easily within a few months okay great and then last question jenna how do you feel about the theragun i mean the theragun's fine it's when (laughs) when people are like oh my jaw hurts so i theragun my face for 25 minutes and it doesn't looks like someone took a baseball so (laughs) do you think the theragun has cut into the I know it's like fascia and tissues and a lot of people are like oh put it here all put the buzzwords yeah. yes all <laughs> those things are like oh my shoulder do you think it's overuse can create bigger problems so theragun works because you're creating a vibration okay so we have different mechanoreceptors in the muscle a vibration receptor is going to override pain temporarily so that's why it feels good to to put the theragun on something you're like oh look at that it feels better and then. 45 minutes later oh it hurts again um so i i don't mind when people are using it like pre or post workout if that's what they need to do to get through a workout cool but is it a long-term fix absolutely not and is it i've seen people get worse by over like excessively using the theragun so yeah right so it's more like taking an advil without taking an advil it masks the underlying issue. Yeah, yeah, you're creating a, a little bit of almost like a chemical change, like you're changing the perception of what's happening there. Interesting. Yeah, and I don't think that that's to say, okay, now I'm going to lift more and hurt myself more. It's just you're not really doing it. It's like putting ice on. It's an analgesic effect. Mm. It's not a replacement for actual treatment yeah. and, and diagnosis. Okay. See? There you have it, folks. Well, Throw Doc- your Theragun away. No, no, no I no, love no. mine. I love mine. You know what I really like mine for? Is I have the travel one that's like... Yeah, the little That's triangle. like the size yeah, of a... tiny one. Yeah, it's a tiny one. But I put it in my suitcase when I travel because I like to walk and explore and adventure. And also, when you're traveling, you might not have access to a chiropractor. You might not have access. But you know what you can do is it will help manage. And if you are... Uh, walking more than you normally would or um, on your feet a bunch or just like you're tense from sitting on an airplane seat it can just help sort of loosen you up it's it's a band-aid while you are traveling mm-hmm. and i think it's great i think there are appropriate uses for it and i think some people overindulge in the the Theragun hypervolt world. Well, we love overindulging here at Team yeah. Tequila Talks. Well, we're <laughs> no, we love responsible indulging. I was going to yeah. say, we responsibly low sugar. Uh-huh. We hydrate. We do. Overindulge. Uh, cheers, Dr. Natasia, Dr. Jenna. Thank cheers. you guys for joining Thank us. You. And uh, we will see you next time here on Team Tequila Bye. Talks. And also, um, you can't overindulge with like acupuncture in Cairo. No, no such thing. No such no thing. Because you wouldn't allow yourself to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.